here with Dan. How you doing, Dan? I'm all right, thanks. How are you? Yeah, good. Yeah, enjoying the weekend. And I've almost already forgotten United's performance on Friday night. So what do you think of it? It was it was weird, as in the performance itself, I liked quite a lot of it. Yeah. And it was a lack of ruthlessness and a lack of knowledge of what to do where it didn't quite go as they wanted it to. But I would say that we've seen significant improvements in the last three games. And obviously Borough yeah. seventh in the, in the championship, so they're not a great team. But they won like seven out of nine, seven out of ten or something in the last game. Yeah. So they do know what they're doing and they're not dreadful relative to the championship. And United played some, some lovely football. 30 shots, seven big chances created. That's a lot. So it, it really there wasn't was a that lot bad. Of, you've got a score moments. Yeah. Yeah, there were quite a lot of those and some good stuff, even even in midfield. I don't expect Paul Pogba to put in good performances every game from now until the end of his contract, but this wasn't bad for a return after several months out and Bruno was pretty good doing Bruno-type things and even yeah, the Pogba fullbacks was weren't bad. Yeah, you know, so... I mean, they noticeably got worse when Pogba went off, which doesn't always yeah. happen. I mean, the thing about it that I couldn't shake was... It was very, very Arsenal, that performance. Oh, God. <laughs> Where you That's just tear the opposition apart and have bugger on the show for it at the end. And when it got serious, I mean, I guess they still did have those chances after one all. But one of the things also that I found like bothered me watching sort of the, like, the last 20 minutes and extra time was felt like there was a bit of an unwillingness on the part of some players to pull the trigger. Right. Yeah. You get to the point of the move where you have to put a cross in or try 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 something basically take a risk try a shot try a killer pass and i wasn't sure that there was like Dallow in particular i felt didn't want to didn't want to take that risk you would prefer to try another pass to try and make their make an opportunity yeah. for a sure thing to someone else rather than no 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 here we're at the point mate where you have to take a few you risks, have to gamble yeah. if it doesn't work you try and win the ball back and gamble again but you yeah. have to you have to have the bottle to make that move to pull the trigger, and I felt like there weren't enough players that wanted to do that. Yeah, I, I kind of feel that for what two years of Bruno being in the team, they relied on him to do that more and more, and he's the guy who takes all the risks all the time, even in situations where perhaps he shouldn't do, and the, the rest of them do tend to play it safe. And, and you know, look, Dallo being in the side is he's there because he's more offensively minded than Juan Pesaka, surely, and and he's yeah, it's uh, a workaround. Yeah, so I don't actually expect that he'll ever be, you know, a particularly great fullback, but he's done all right, and he did all right on Friday night. And overall, it's, if you didn't see the score, I think you'd probably think it was a decent performance by United, it, it, albeit against um, pretty mediocre opposition. But yeah, like you have that many shots and that many really good chances and uh, don't take them, then there's a, always a, a risk that you pay the yeah, price. Yeah, you deserve you yeah. get what you deserve. And I mean, I guess we should, I guess we do probably have to talk about their goal. Yep. For my part, I thought it was a goal. I thought it was a goal according to the laws. Yeah. And it was probably a, a goal according to what I think the laws should be too. I mean, unless you redraft the laws, I say this all the time on Twitter. The laws, the laws are poorly drafted. Very. What you yes. need is you need to explain exactly, particularly with regard to handball, you need to say, like, it's not enough to say um, deliberate or accidental. You need to explain what that means because does it mean, deliberately trying to touch the ball with your hand or does it mean moving your hand towards the ball or yes. your hand being in an unnatural position 
And in this age, particularly, it should come with examples. Here's some pictures and some tape. And this is a penalty, and this, or this is an infraction. And, and it would help everyone, yeah. And this one isn't. And it, it feels like they've been, the laws have been drafted by people that know nothing about law and nothing about football. And you need to find a lawyer who knows something about football and knows something about law. Not me. I don't know anything about law. I don't know all much about football either. <laughs> it's not, it just, it shouldn't be that difficult. And I'd also, I don't have a problem with the refs being able to judge this stuff impressionistically at the time. I don't need the thing that was a penalty in this game here to need to be a penalty in some third division yeah. game in between in Indonesian next week. It's, it's, but we do need to understand what the laws mean. And I don't yes. mind if we allow the officials to interpret them. But this one, unless what? you change the law, I think, to say if you make a material movement with the ball towards your hand that stops something or makes something happen, that's what the law would have to say yeah. for me not to think that was a goal. I, I take your point on board that this is probably should be a goal if, if this is what we want it to be, because I don't think he's particularly trying to, to handball it. The problem with the law is it's ambiguous and then it's applied differently in different phases of the game. So the words unnatural position are still in law 12. You can go download them today. They're still there, but it's only applied in certain situations. If, if what more had been the goal scorer, that would have been ruled out, right? Uh, it's because it was the final pass. He got rewarded they... for a crack finish. <laughs> yeah, right. But if it, also, if he'd been in the penalty area at the other end and the defender doing that, that would have been a penalty because the, the hand was in an unnatural position. So it's phase of the game. And that's what makes it both confusing and ambiguous and seemingly sometimes unfair. And I, I kind of think it's weird that you have a rule about handball and it applies differently in different circumstances unless we're going to be really clear about that. Because, look, listening to the pundits, it's on ESPN here, so we have Craig Burley and Casey Keller, who I'm not, you know, sure, tip-top pundits when it comes well, to Burley's the Well, Burley's a big United hero for his um, role in the 1996 <laughs> Cup semi-final. I can't yes. think about Craig Burley without having a big without thinking about that. smile. Yeah, he's got his teeth fixed these days, which I suppose you have to for TV, don't you? Uh, so anyway, it's the weird thing. The reason why you get a whole bunch of pundits and fans uh, you know, debating whether this is okay or not is because it's because depending on the fate of the game depends on whether that's handball or not and that feels weird and pundits rarely know the laws there's also yeah. that but i think that like i would be happy with a law that said if you move your if you try to handle the ball on purpose as in you move your hand intending to handle the ball that's an infringement and anything else is not an infringement i wouldn't really care about that yeah, or I mean, you the, might say I don't think... if you move ball to hand, ball to hand's a penalty, a free kick, whatever. But yeah, I think it just needs to be clear. I don't even care that much what it is. The interpretation of uh, handball being only if you deliberately did it, which would be fine if that's the case. I don't think that's ever really been the case, at least, well, not in the last 30 years or so. Again, it's just, it was just so, it's so weird that because he miscontrolled it and it hits his hand and he's gained the advantage of controlling it with his hand. And he wasn't the guy who's taking the shot <laughs> or scoring the goal that it's somehow okay. It was an unfortunate confluence of circumstances, but you know, yeah. he didn't defend that situation properly. No. And they should, should have been out of sight. And I, you never lose a game of football because of the referee. You lose because you weren't good enough to win it. Exactly. Despite what the referee did. And despite being trying, try, despite some people trying to goad uh, Rangnick into it, he didn't fall into that trap either he's quite good at 
this press conference business. I mean, I'd like yeah. him to be better at making the team better as well, but yes, <laughs> the way that he really is quite, I, I don't really want to use the forensic because then it sounds like I'm talking about Keir Starmer. It seems like you're <laughs> only, it's the only word you're allowed to use to describe Keir Starmer and he's the only person who has that. Well, you know, if I was going to play redneck to politics, he might be the Keir he's, Starmer. He's sort of a Keir Starmer, He's got he? a bit about him, yeah. 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 But, I think he's got more personality than Keir Starmer, to be fair. So... so it's a tough one. <laughs> but the thing is, is yeah, what I like, what, what he does with the players that he's falling out with is he's just totally dispassionate in yep. reporting the facts. He said this, you believe him. He doesn't have yep. any axe to grind. There's never anything personal about it. It's just like, this is what he said, and this is what we're doing. Yep. And he doesn't, and he's doing quite a good job, I think, of ruining the credibility of those people. And their attractions on Twitter make it seem more like they did it. For, oh, the, for sure. Yeah, look. The, the, they did it. If, if Jose Mourinho had said what Regnick said about Martial and Lingard, I, I would hold that with great suspicion. <laughs> great yeah. suspicion. I just wouldn't believe a thing he said about any of the players because he always had an agenda. But Regnick does appear to be playing this with a very straight bat. I'd be really surprised if if, if he's not. And it seems that there's form, at least with Martial. We knew that he often told the medical team he wasn't ready when the medical team thought he was ready. There's form with up when he can't really be asked. We've seen him play when he's not really bothered. Right. Like, there's not, like, the, he doesn't have a course of dealing. He, there's no build-up build of loyalty that yes. makes you think that Martial is someone you, who, who you could particularly rely on in that, in that yeah. aspect. Now, Jesse Lingard, probably, I don't know that like he has the same form. I mean, he had his issues both on the pitch and off it. Of well, course. that's the, the off-pitch issues so, make it hard. You know, make, I mean, you, you don't really want to say too much about that because you just don't know. No, it seems like, if you read between the lines with Regnick, is that Lingard didn't get his move away for Brazilians from Newcastle and was not feeling right about it and asked to have a couple of days off, was given it, and then his PR team got on the, on his social media account because none of these fuckers actually do their own twitter and um and have tried to tried to deny it all and ragnick just kind of cut him off at the knees that might be an a non-generous interpretation of it but it's certainly the way it struck yeah, me i anyway. mean lingard's error was not going in the summer he should have forced it he should have yeah. forced it in the summer and holly should have forced him out if he wasn't forcing himself out yeah, yeah. but and it, it, made, no, it made no sense for the club because he wasn't used and it made no sense for the player because he's wasted a year of his career and it, it made no United sense from a financial sense either. Yeah, exactly. I mean, United, with the, as I said this before, that they should have been able to buy Declan Rice with proceeds of sale, more or less. Yes. And they didn't, and they've now not got him, and he's going to cost a shitload more if they try and buy him next summer, and Chelsea are going to be, might well be in the mix as well. Yep. Yeah, which Moy said basically at the weekend, didn't he, that uh, the price has now gone up. So I imagine that United are not going to do a deal there, but... Anyway, so, I mean, it was kind of funny with Ragnick. I, I don't mind this at all. Of course, it's part, partly his personality, but also partly he knows that he's not getting the job full time. And he's it's okay for him then to drop the bomb. Well, he can clean uh, house because he, yeah. he is still going to be involved. So in some ways it's difficult because there's very like supply teacher vibes or whatever you want to call it about his position. But yep. at the same time, he is going to be involved. So the cleaning house is something that, he, if he does it, he's got something to gain from doing it, so he will do it. Whereas if he wasn't staying on, then he might not think, well, he might not need this aggravation or the board might not want to listen to him or 
I mean, I mean we, did, we obviously did still have that problem with the board where they wouldn't allow in players, which yep. is, I was thinking it felt kind of strange. You could understand why they, why they say, well, we can't let you buy players for the next guy. But if they're trying to busy, like offering Pogba a deal, then. Yes, well, the, exactly. That yeah. to not make as much sense. No, well, you still got Richard Arnold at the top who will be looking at the value of the asset from a banker's eyes and not, not a, a football club's eyes because, you know, and we still don't really have a director of football, even if Murtagh has that name. Darren Fletcher now appears to be coach or assistant yeah. manager. Who knows? Because he's on the sideline with a tracksuit on, which is the a weird spot for a technical director. Anyway, whoever the next guy is, and presumably it's not Ragnick, he's going he's going to have a lot of problems, and Ragnick can help or hinder that. I don't think he can actually make it worse, given the the number of players that will be out of contract or just want out of the club. As I said, but I still think yeah, we are starting to see positive signs of the playing of football. Yeah, and it feels like he's one of the problems I felt at the beginning with Ragnick was the constant changing of formations. Yep. Stop that now. And he, has, he also yeah. now doesn't really have many options of what to do with the team because yep. they had a lot of options up front. Now he does. Like Cavani's never fit. He doesn't want to yep. pick Lingard. Greenwood's gone. So actually, yep. you're basically perming sort of three three from four most of the time. It is is much narrower range of options. Yeah, I mean, like Edison will be back for Burnley if he's fit. I mean, he's... He, what, and that was the other one that Rangnick sort of called out, but in much more polite fashion. I wasn't it, felt you know? like it so. didn't. He said a couple of things, Rang, that didn't sound good. But actually, yep. when you start to pick him apart, there was the thing that he said about Pogba playing for a move away. Yep. Now, on the face of it, that looked horrendous that we're going to let this bloke play for United so he can get a big move free somewhere else. On the other hand, it, the question really is saying, how can you trust this guy? Yeah. And Rangnick's saying, well, I can trust this guy because he's actually got to play well. Yes, I, I thought that's what he was saying. Yeah, and it's all very well for it's all very well for dickheads like us to say, well, if I was manager of United, I just want, or not even as manager as a supporter, if Pogba wants to go, Gazunzai, I want him to go. You could spend the rest of the season sitting at the side. Yes. However, if your professional reputation is on the line, and you've got Paul Pogba available to you, and you've got United's team as it is, there's not a there's not a chance that you're not using Paul Pogba. And any person that says they that says that they would that they wouldn't is lying to yeah. themselves because if you want United to win and you're in charge and it's on you to make United win, you can't not use a player as good as Paul Pogba. Like you might not pick him in the first team because you might think you need McFred and Bruno, but you have to use Paul Pogba because he's a good player. And I think that Ragnar will clearly do that. I Spurs didn't with Ericsson when he was you know trying to get out and he went for a fee in the end, didn't he? Rather than on a free, and they they sort of dumped him onto the the bench permanently, but it, it makes no sense to me to, to do that with Pogba. Who knows? Look, we might not get that level of performance. I hope Ragnick's right in that, and I hope Pogba is... I have zero expectation that he's going to stay. And if he does stay, he's going to nearly 30, and they're going to give him a four years plus one. At some... They'd be absolutely mental to let him stay at this point. It, it, doesn't, it, doesn't make, it doesn't make any sense, given what we've seen over the last six years. You know, And it, even if... We, I'd even be thinking about it, even if it had gone better... He misses three months every season. Yeah. yeah. And it's not going to change. Nope. It's not going to get better that. And it's just even that is if you can't rely on someone's availability, then their usefulness is much less significant. I mean, I'm wondering if we might see Pogba, particularly now Green was gone play on the left a little bit. I guess I hope not because what I want to see is I want to see more, 
more interplay between the strikers than we're seeing. And one of the reasons we haven't seen it is because it keeps changing. Mm-hmm. But Sancho is now beginning to settle. Although Rangnick did say afterwards that he was just tired. Yes. And part of me was like, I'm sorry. You're t- Everyone's know. tired. We're all tired. I know that. Yeah, we're tired of different things, but that did strike me as odd. I mean, Sancho seemed to be feeling the kind of his adductor area of his thigh. So I thought, oh, is he uh, is he injured or was he just using that as an excuse to come off? He's not had loads of minutes. He's played one game in two, hasn't he, for United? So he's probably not fit for Rangnick's yeah, yeah, style. Yeah, I mean, fitness. that's the problem yeah. is he started not yeah. fit and then they've had these two weeks off. And that game, like... I know that it went to extra time in some ways. Probably wasn't that bad for some of those players because they've had two weeks off. And so, if the, they may be fre- they may feel fitter for Burnley, even though in theory yeah. they might be, yeah. you might think they'd be more tired because they played 120 minutes. Yeah, but, but they had a lot of time off. Yeah. I'd be interested to see where Ronaldo is for that Burnley game because he gave it a lot. Whatever you think of Ronaldo, his reputation, his off the pitch activities, his ego and all of that. He was hammering away right until the end of that game, which wasn't necessarily the case for every player in every minute of this season. He was completely ineffective throughout the almost so entire is, I mean, 120 minutes. So, the um, thing with Ronaldo is that it's now, yeah, it feels like it's become clear now that Greenwood has got and, and good, frankly, good riddance. Uh, the, I think I need to buy a striker this summer. And that's obviously, I doubt they planned to do that unless they could get Haaland, but they are going to need a goal scorer, a centre forward this summer. One of the problems with Ronaldo, I I think, is that he needs to decide what kind of centre forward he's going to be. Because at the moment, he's a sort of, he's in between. Is he going to be a poacher? Mm -hmm. Is he going to play between the width of the posts and stay in the box? Then he can do that. If he needs to do it, but he needs to always basically be in the box. And the other option is, is he going to come much deeper, like, like sharing him or whatever, hold the ball out, touch it off? Is he going to do that? And at the yep. moment, he's sort of doing a mixture of those things. He's coming yes. deep, he's coming too deep. There aren't necessarily runners going past him because they don't know he's going to do that. Yep. He's going wide. But because it's at the point now where if Ronaldo's one-on-one with the last defender, he doesn't have the legs to beat the last defender anymore. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. He starts to look clumsy when he gets um, tired as well. But my take on it is that Ragnick wants something out of him that he can't give. And if he wants a more all action forward who can run the channels and be the last man and be a number nine and press, he's not going to get that out of Ronaldo. It's just we've got a system and a player that doesn't fit. But <laughs> it, I, I don't know whether Ragnick's balls are big enough to make a decision there and, and change it around could. and just use Ronaldo as an impact player for the last 20 but minutes. But then the thing is, is to do that, yeah, who's your front three? Because he's now, he seems to like Sancho on the left and Rashford on the, on the right. I mean, and I think, I'm not certain why he's doing that. I wonder if it's because Rashford's a bit quicker, so has the pace to go on the outside, which Sancho, he could threaten it, Does but it he's, not, really. he's not quite as quick. It might be that, I'm not sure. Sancho's numbers and his performances, I think, Every time I saw him from Dortmund, were better coming off the left. He's just not a winger in the kind of old-fashioned sense of of the word. And he just feels more dangerous cutting in and knitting, either knitting balls into other forwards or shooting. Numbers are great there. I think the other thing about that is that Sancho, if you've got him playing on the left, then because one of the advantages of Sancho is he's a playmaker. He's not just a winger. He's someone that 
I thought when we bought him that one of the reasons we it might help us get away without having signed the midfield player was that we'd be better at keeping the ball because Sancho was someone that could facilitate that. But I mean, I guess he's he's going to play. He's in the team now, Sancho and Rashford. But then your third player, like if you were to drop Ronaldo, then you've got Cavani. You never know if he's going to be fit enough, fit or not, and Elanga. Yeah, unless you play Rashford through the middle and Pogba on the left. That's, yep. that's your other option. We'll see with Cavani. Not too many international breaks to come. And maybe he can do what he did last season, which is have a good back half of the season and, and uh, actually stay fit for most of it. So the other thing, so that was the other Ralph, that, Ralph thing that sounded a bit off with Cavani. But actually, when you break it down, like Cavani's asked some extra days off and you're thinking, you what? Like, who gets extra days off? But if you bear in mind that he was never going to play in that game because he yeah. wasn't, gonna get, wasn't back in time, and having a couple of days to hang out in Uruguay and then come. It feels a bit like special treatment or whatever, but if you want to get the most out of someone, that you want them to be happy and you want them to respect yeah. your authority, then letting him have those extra couple of days probably wasn't a terrible thing. I think it's all right. And I don't think he'd have brought it up if he'd said no and, and Cavani would have come back, I'm sure. It's it's like he, he wanted out of the club in the summer and, and made the decision on, because of much begging and a very fat contract to stay for an extra yeah. year. It's okay. He's not going to provide great value for money over these two years, but he'll provide something if he can stay fit and happy enough. So. And what, to bring it back to Ronaldo, it still comes down to, for me at this point with him, but he wasn't someone I was coveting before we got him. I totally understood that the board didn't feel they could have him going to City, which is really the only reason United bought him. And at the time, though, it felt like, okay, well, he's an upgrade on Cavani, ultimately. Just look at it in really basic terms. But the fact remains that much as, however much you think he's hampering the way United play, and he's not what he was, and you can't play properly with him, if it wasn't for him, the season would now be over, apart from fourth place. There is no way that if United hadn't bought him, and they tried to proceed with the front three of the last season or whatever, they would not still be in Europe. Yeah, quite probably true. Would United have done better with a different forward if they'd spent that money? Because the fee's tiny, but the wages are not. And so the whole package will cost the club sixty million over two years. But they, will, but Ronaldo will presumably be bringing money in on account of the fact that it's him. It didn't like it wasn't him or yeah. another forward. It was him or no one. And ultimately, it being him and not no one is the only reason United is still in the Champions League. United would not still be in the Champions League if it wasn't for him. We have a game coming up against Atletico on the 23rd of February. It should be an interesting one because Atletico are not going great. Just got spanked by Barcelona. Rubbish. <laughs> yeah. Shipping goals, which has not been the case under under Simeone. But when you lose 4-2 against Barcelona, and this is not a good Barcelona side, and they're still not playing good football under Chevy, you've got to be concerned. So there's a chance there for United, for sure. Uh, a few games before then. Like, realistically, United are not going to win the Champions League. Could go around or two more. And uh, now out of the Carabao Cup. Well, if you go around or two more, then then you, you can win it. If you like just one more round, there's the last day. They should be there should be Atletico. They should get to the last day. And then at that point, I would say that United's top level would struggle to beat Bayern Munich at any mm-hmm. point. But almost any other team, if United turn up over two legs, they're a nasty proposition for anyone because they've got some proper players. And they aren't good enough or cohesive enough to win it or whatever, but they are capable of putting together a decent defensive yes. performance. That would then mean that you've got these other players that can produce stuff. So I don't think that they will win the Champions League, but if they're in the last day, 
they've got a puncher's chance. And we've seen worse teams than this with the Champions League. Yep. Uh, the couple of Liverpool teams have won the Champions League in recent years. Definitely worse. <laughs> the problem is that, yeah, I mean, I was watching Liverpool today thinking a semi want Liverpool to win this game, to beat Cardiff because the treble needs to be defended. And ultimately, United now aren't in the cup now. Someone needs to beat City in something. Yep. Because, I mean, the, the year we got really lucky was that Wigan yep. game where it felt like that was, I thought, was Guardiola's best team. It looked like City really did that season. It looked like City were going to win everything. And then that was the, the most, in all the post-treble seasons, that was the one, that first year where they lost, the first year that Guardiola won the league, where they lost to Wigan in the cup. And then I think so they lose to Liverpool in Champions yeah. League, where I felt like that was the season the treble was most under threat. But this season, obviously, we're not quite deep enough to feel like it's properly under threat yet. But City are good enough to win. Obviously, they're the best team in England, so they're good enough to win the FA Cup. And there are teams in the Champions League that could do them over two legs. But, I mean, yeah, they they are. This, they're them buying the two best teams around. And at that point, it's starting to feel unpleasantly close. And this is one of the things that when United were good, at least people that despised us had another option. Yep. So if United weren't going to win a league, well, maybe it would be Chelsea or maybe it would be Arsenal or maybe it'd be Blackburn. Whereas now United are shit. It's all bad options. It's going to be Liverpool or it's going to be City. Yeah. Every season, it starts with like, you're making bargains with yourself about damage limitation. So the first season, it was like, well, I don't, I don't, I don't want Liverpool to win a league this season. But then I switched. And actually now, if you're offering me, I prefer like, the year that Liverpool did win it, I preferred it to be Liverpool than, than City. And now I feel like yeah, I guess I've kind of invested, like, trying to, I'm trying to invest in this Liverpool team finishing, basically, like, them coming to the end of the cycle. And all they've won is one league title, one and one Champions League, because then it becomes very hard to argue that they're a proper great team if that's all they've got to show for themselves. <laughs> yeah, uh, un unfortunately, for, for that to happen, it might be that City win the treble, which would be deeply, deeply unpleasant. That would be, that would be disastrous. That would be absolutely... City winning the Champions League itself would be disastrous. Yeah. But because it's one of those things, because like we grew up, like the, one, of the first, the, one of the first late football matches I was allowed to stay up and watch was the 1984 European Cup final, right. Liverpool against Roma. So Liverpool, that was five. Liverpool winning European Cups, something that's unfortunately always been in my life. Whereas City winning European Cups was something I never expected to remotely be part of my life. And now it is. So them winning it would be disastrous but then winning it and doing treble would be absolutely horrendous yeah i don't want to think about it yet but we might have to countenance it they're playing peterborough chelsea got luton and liverpool got norwich so they're all going to which be is basically what you want at this FA point Cups, because you need be there to be and... enough teams that yeah. i mean city will obviously draw whoever it is they're they're, they're not with the draw is tremendous i mean it really really is quite a it's suspiciously really tremendous, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> at some point, they will have to play a decent team, and you just hope that it's you want them to start getting the build up again. You want a difficult quarterfinal. Diff so, if we're going to spread the trophies around nation states <laughs> and oligarchs, you know, at least, at least, oh, yeah. man, what's <laughs> divvy it up a little bit. Yeah. Oh, it's depressing times. At least we've got a few years before Newcastle regularly winning stuff. But on City winning the Champions League, it just feels it has to be inevitable at some point because there's no restrictions. There's no financial restrictions. So. We, we got very lucky. In the first few post-Fergie years, we got very, very lucky that 
that we got like Chelsea and Leicester like scant those league titles and no one thought that they would. And I would say City have City. There was those two seasons under Guardiola where City were the best team in Europe, and they contrived to get beat by by Liverpool, and then they managed to get beat by uh, Spurs. Yep. And that like was like, imagine one of Fergie's great teams losing a Champions League knockout tight Tottenham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, just, it's just, unthinkable, that isn't it? Never happen. Guardiola, for all his brilliance, still has the. Still has it in him to come up with an absolutely mental lineup for it's, no that's particular reason. That's part of it. But to me, the main thing is is just this defending. Yeah, there's a reason why he's only won the Champions League with the best midfield effort and Messi, and it's because what he wants from a defense is great for the league title because it means when you play teams like because the thing about Guardiola is for all the genius. He's always had the best players in yep. the league. Every league he's been in, he's had the best players, right? So if you've got the best players and you play his style of football, which is the hardest style of football to be because you can't get the ball. Mm-hmm. So you can have like Mascherano as a centre-back, and he, but when you've got the, those players in front of him, but you can't get away with having Martinez, say, as a centre-back, who's not a defender, when you don't have Messi... And that defence, even if you've got really good players, like you've got Robin and Ribery or whatever, you've got those players who are brilliant, but they're not, they're not earth-shatteringly brilliant sure, in yes. the way that that Barcelona yeah. midfield was. And you see it with City. That there were the goal that, that, that when they lost that first leg to Tottenham, they lost one nil. There was the goal. I think Son maybe scored. I think I can't. I think he had like something like seven straight touches in the box. Right. And you don't. And then they conceded like two goals in the first ten minutes of the second leg. And same as Liverpool, that when they lost to Liverpool, like that tie was over in the first 20 minutes at Anfield because if you've got those defenders that he likes to have who are, you're basically, and the goalkeeper who you've got because ultimately because they're good on the ball, that will help you dominate league games to the point where you're almost impregnable because the inferior teams can't get the ball from you. Yeah. But when you play other teams with brilliant attackers, they don't need to have the ball that much to be able to hurt you. And if you marry that with the fact that Guardiola likes quiet boys. Yeah. He doesn't like players with personality, like Fedabi Yaya Ture, for yes, example. Yeah, yeah. That was that town. Mm-hmm. He doesn't, like, if you look at his city players, they're quiet boys. Yeah. And the one that I always think about, the game I always think about, is when United played the Juve in 99 in the first half of the first leg of the semi, they got absolutely played off the pitch. Yes. But because they had proper characters in that team, they managed to get out of it at 1 0 and then came on strong in the second half. Yep. Whereas when City played like that against Liverpool, for example, it was three nil, yeah, not one nil, yeah, yeah. and it's it's not it's to do with not just to do with about like ability to defend. Like John Stones is not a top level of the Champions League defender. Yep, it's partly that, but it's also where's your where's your ballast? Like where's your nastiness? Like Fernandinho, yeah, yeah. but in the current lot, like who's gonna the players when you need players to dig in and be like nasty and cruel and stop stop more goals getting conceded when you're on the ropes doesn't really yes. doesn't really employ those kind of characters no and and the and trying to find uh, the balance of defenders who are nasty brutish do whatever you have to do defenders plus are lovely on the ball and can play through midfield uh, and ensure that they can play that way as well it is a tough mix to find and he's he's not always yeah we all that. i mean everyone would yeah. have them i mean yeah, exactly. Ferdinand, van dyke yeah. but yeah, they're, they're not many of them. And even now, like if you look at the centre-backs that he's got, um, 
Ruben Diaz, who had a brilliant season last season, but it did sort of look like he was someone having a brilliant season rather than someone who is that brilliant. Yes. But he who does have the mentality, and it felt like his mentality elevated the players around him to yeah. not let goals in. But Laporte yeah. is a good player, but slow. Stones yeah. is, is quite a good player, but slow and error-prone. It is interesting. I can't remember who they've got in the next round of the... Um, sporting. The they've got. Sporting. Okay, well, they'll who be fine. Yeah. Whose good, manager good. is also good. Are they top of the... I've forgotten what the Portuguese, Portuguese league is called these days. Primera, but, uh, I think. Primera, Primera Divisão, I think. Yeah, I, I think they are. And they've got... Sporting have got some good players. Yeah. And the, the, man, the manager's also meant to be good. And that's a much more interesting tie than the Villarreal one that they originally had. I think it was Villarreal they were meant to play. <laughs> yes. And that... They, yeah, so sporting like, seems much, much more, much more interesting. I mean, City will beat them, but the uh, sporting are much more likely to cause them a few issues. And and the first legs in Portugal, which I always, I know it's not meant to be an advantage, but I always quite like the first leg at home because it means that you can finish the tie. And often, when you play an inferior team, team should be by the first leg being of their place it enables them to play their way into the tie in a way that would they wouldn't necessarily feel as able to do if yeah they were this is the last first. season with uh away goals in the champions league as well i believe i, I thought away goals just... didn't count do they not count i anymore? think away goals, oh, they went are oh, they think, gone i think they're, they're gone. gone i think they're gone okay which is yeah, good right. like a s- essential truism of football one goal should equal one other goal one goal <laughs> yeah yeah it doesn't matter how it got there but it's a goal yeah no whether Duncan Watmore basketballed it in or uh, goes <laughs> off someone's arse or whatever it is. Yeah, they all count as one goal. Coming back to Middlesbrough, large diversion. What is it about United goalkeepers? Can any of them save a penalty? It's 21 straight. I mean, in <laughs> fairness, I could look at it the other way. What is it about dickheads that have to take amazing penalties against United? There was the one that, there was the first one that Henderson should have stopped. Yes, but other than that, the top of it. Didn't have a prayer, and didn't have a prayer with any of them. There was the I one mean, that they, almost hit the bar. Almost hit the bar, and, and he looked a bit sheepish afterwards because he, he was clearly off balance when he took it, but he went right into the top corner, basically. And, yeah, I never like a one-step run-up. I don't like it when you're Eric Bailly uh, and you're doing it in the African Nations Cup quarterfinal. I don't like it when you're Anthony Alanga uh, doing it. <laughs> it just doesn't feel like... It feels you have to contort your body to go anywhere else. It's just do... The high it's the... a five-a-side penalty. Just do... It's do what, give yourself the best chance of scoring. Yeah. And um, a one-step penalty is not giving yourself the best chance of scoring. It just... It is not. Like, just take it, take it normally. <laughs> just do do what you're meant to do. Sadly, he took a lot of abuse, social media, which is like, you know, oh, inevitable and not forgivable, but inevitable. And he's a young He's a young player and the team rallied around him pretty quickly and it doesn't matter because United blew it well before it got to the penalties. But uh, I hope I hope it doesn't affect him too much. I'm sure he'll be fine. I mean, he should have scored that header as well. But yeah. he's a good player. Like, he won't. He'll come back from that. It's just, it's frustrating to be out of the cup is what it is. Yeah, it is really frustrating because despite maybe United could pull something off in the Champions League. The the best opportunity was probably the FA Cup, although with Spurs, Liverpool, City and Chelsea all in it, does the quality drop? I don't know. Um, I just thought it's also they just they need to more they need more games. They need yeah. games to get to know each other, to get to play with each other, to settle into a formation, to settle into a method of play. And and I I guess I I want I don't want free weekends. I want to watch them I want to watch them play. I, 
don't want to watch other teams playing cup, cup semi-finals. <laughs> no. It's just nothing, nothing enjoyable about that. There yeah. really isn't. Before the Champions League, we've got Burnley next. I, I don't know what you think about that, but I mean, they're a dreadful team. They're a dreadful team that play dreadful football. They've got awful fans. Turf Moor's a dump. And still, uh, and they've got private equity ownership that loaded all the debt onto the books. The worst kind of vulture capitalists. Is there anything to like about, about these Burnley? guys? I'm going to, to not tomorrow, on Tuesday. Um, so I guess I'm looking forward to it. But Good. Good. Um, I think that, I mean, they should have enough to stay up. They've done a, they've done a good job swapping wood for uh, Wigorst. Who, yep, yep. That, that, re- and, and reliably money. a better goal scorer, yep. yep. And, and money. They actually, I, I saw quite a bit of them at the beginning of the season and they should have more points than they've got. Like, and I mean, you kept having Sean Dyche say, we're actually playing okay. And you kind of laugh because obviously Sean Dyche, he sort of has that demeanour of, if he wasn't a football manager, he'd be teaching a speed awareness course. <laughs> like, like he's, he's that kind of wanting to always be telling you something. But he was right. I mean, it felt like they should have more points than they've got. But it also now gets to the point, because they're so far behind in the games, like that are they going to put together the run of results that they need to get out of it? And it just doesn't look like it, does it? I, I'd much rather have the points even though they've got three games in hand or whatever it is, if I was Burnley. Yeah, I, I definitely think, yeah, I definitely think we'd rather have the points at this point. I'm just looking at the table now. They've got 13 off, out of 19. And they can't score goals. And Newcastle, they've got 15 off 21. Yeah, 16 goals all season. And now Norwich have found some form as well. Yeah, and if you assume, obviously, that Everton are going to get out of it, then, I mean, Brentford might get sucked into it because Brentford are 23 from 23. Mm-hmm. And they're losing. But yeah, I mean... I guess if you were guessing, you'd probably say Burnley, Watford, Norwich will go down. Yeah, Brentford might get sucked in. I mean, lost four of the last five in the league, mm. which is is not for all the the kind of interesting start they had to the season. They 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 have, have struggled in the last fifteen games to get enough points since Jaden Sancho went to that family funeral. Yeah, they've not been the same. So Burnley, I mean. Burnley just can't, they can't score goals. They can't score goals. And this is going to be their problem. And maybe V-Course is like nine foot tall. You just know, yeah, the set piece is just going to be absolutely horrific watching. I mean, I think that, I mean, it'd be interesting to see what team United play. I wonder if, I guess you might see Fred in for Pogba. I think it's likely. I, I, I don't think Pogba's body would hold up to two games in a row anyway in three days after so many weeks out you'd be looking at another muscle industry uh, injury so yeah yeah good good chance fred comes in at the back i guess it'll be Varane and maguire i guess so yeah i mean presumably Varane got taken off because they didn't want him to play yeah. for two hours because they wanted to yeah, play yeah. on tuesday i mean he i mean he was only middlesbrough but he looked good didn't he he looked yeah. he looked very he looked very handy yeah he's i mean he's starting to settle now where he just he just looks totally in yeah. control all times yeah, yeah. And he always seems to find that extra bit of a leg that you need when it looks like maybe he's in trouble. He's just got that go-go gadget leg extension. Yes. It would be very nice and, if he stayed fit for the rest of the season. So, And it, like, yeah. he's, throughout yeah. his career, he's not had these big injuries, but he's had little ones. And that was, I think that was part of the thinking about why Madrid were happy to not meet his wage demands. Well, that was the fear, wasn't it? That they know something that we don't know because we saw it with Owen Hargreaves, <laughs> who obviously was good enough for long enough to get us yep. the Champions League, but... We saw it with Hargreaves, we saw it with Schweinsteiger also in a different kind of way. Like, yeah, there's a reason why this other team you, with whom you aspire to be rivals are getting rid of this player that's coming to you. It doesn't always work like that. But yeah, Varane, yeah. I mean, he he looked, you kind of began to wonder, is he susceptible to niggles that you get by virtue of being a footballer? Yep. 
Burnley played Watford yesterday, got a draw. They both needed three points there and they drew with Arsenal before that. They haven't won a game in... I'm looking... I'm trying to find it. October was the last time they won a game. Which is not good. <laughs> no, no, no. They're, they're, their defenders are good in a rear guard. Yep. So... Like, I mean, against Arsenal, they and they played well against Arsenal. Like Arsenal had like a sort of a ten ten minute period in the second half where it looked like they were going to score, but other than that, like Tarkovsky and me are are good in a yeah, rear guard, and they'll drop really deep. They're not necessarily yeah. good enough to play at that much higher level because yeah. then you've got to start playing with a high line. And but in terms of defending the box, they know what they're doing. Those players, the options for United are to come in probably Fred, and then up front. I mean, do we? Do we see the same three up front? There's an option to bring a Langer in. So I definitely wouldn't take out Sancho or Rashford. If I was taking out a striker, I'd take out Ronaldo. I don't think I don't think that'll happen, but it might be a Cavani. It might be Cavani. Yep. It might be Cavani in for Ronaldo because Ronaldo played 120 minutes recently yep. the other night. Yeah. And it might it might be that, but could be. And could be. the combinations in that way are probably yeah. better because Cavani is someone who you can play yep. off. And you know that he will then attack the near post. You know what he's going to do. And I imagine that's easier to play with than Ronaldo, who you're not quite sure what kind of striker Ronaldo is trying yeah, to be. Yeah. And it would be good if, as I said before, if someone would make that decision. So, I mean, and, and we then, know what the pattern of the game will be. United have 60% of the ball and Burnley will try and hit long balls to V-Course's very big head and create something off set pieces and corners. Which And it could well be. You know, Burnley can win this 1-0. You can you can see in that pattern exactly what could happen uh, if United blow the same number of chances. Let's hope not. No, I mean, if United create that same number of chances, that would be progress. Yeah. If they're starting to create that quality of chance that often, but... And there probably isn't that much between Burnley and Borough. Eight places and not that much quality difference. We'll see. Okay, well, that's it. But is Maxwell, Maxwell Corner? He will back, He he will be fit. They'll play a straight 4-4-2. Basically, it's as old school as it gets in the Premier League from Sean Dyche. Uh, another reason to not really give a crap. I mean, if you're a Burnley fan, you'd be really worried about them where they are because they are going to be in some deep, deep trouble uh, if they go down financially, like really deep trouble. It wouldn't surprise yeah. me, given it's a private equity fund, if they just walk away, go, that's our investment burnt, bye. Uh, they've, have they been up? Burned, when did Burnley last come up? When did they come up? They didn't, because the first time I remember going to Burnley was 0-9-10, but they've been down and it up might since have been. then. I, I, I honestly can't remember, since. because they were run, historically, on an even keel, which is sustainable, but now they're not. Yeah, but yeah. they've been bought. Different model. So Anyway, I guess that's it, unless there's anything... Any news happened this week we didn't cover? Oh, new United fan. There's a new United fan yes. that was selling at the Southampton game called Deepest Red, which the plan is that um, Carly, the editor, she's trying to take a kind of a social history look at United. So it's looking at the... Yeah, it looks I mean, interesting. I, I have one and I'm enjoying it. It's looking at the kind of the people that comprise United, the places that comprise United. So it's right. something different to the excellent fanzines that we already have. And if you're listening to this pod, you should be backing all of them because as supporters, we need these fanzines, yep, yep. even if you think that we don't. They are trying to make things yep. better for all of us. No, I think they play an important role in, in fan culture for sure. Yes. Are you going to be doing some writing for it? Not that I, I, I don't plan to, but nope. I, I, I do want to I do want to support it because, I mean, I guess my inclination would be to support it before I'd seen it because we should. But I have seen it and it is great. So if you, you could their website, there's some really good articles on their website. It's called Deepest Red. 
uh, where they've interviewed some kind of time server actually telling their stories of the crazy shit they've got up to watching United. That I I really enjoyed those pieces. Yeah, so I hope they're st- hard recommend for them. Nice, great, great. Yeah, I'll check it out. I haven't haven't read any of their stuff yet, but I like that kind of thing. So do that. We'll be back midweek. I think I'm chatting with Tom after the Burnley game after Burnley won United nil. Oh, sorry. Look forward to that. <laughs> High quality stuff. I'm sure it'll be. Uh, and then I'll be. I think I'm back with you next week. Backers, stay tuned. We'll we're going to talk about some FA Cup memories. Thanks, everyone. Bye now. <laughs>